Hello everyone, welcome to Radically Loved Radio. I wanted to create a place where people can go to to get inspired, get motivated, or find some clarity and get tools to create a radically loved life. I will do my best to provide information on a variety of subjects, including yoga, holistic health, life coaching, spirituality, meditation, and overall mindful living. Each episode will bring you some of the world's best spiritual leaders, entrepreneurs, yoga teachers, coaches, along with some of my closest friends, and we will talk about their life experiences and journeys to create something more out of their lives and how they continue to grow to make that happen. Thanks for listening. Everybody, welcome back to Radically Loved. I'm joined by a very special guest. She is already, I can tell, she's like a powerhouse. She's a leadership coach uh, for powerful women of color. She's, you know, I was so impressed by her I don't want to say resume, just her story and what she's passionate about doing that. I, it's been a while since we've actually had a female coach on the show. And when her story came across my inbox, I was just completely drawn, you know, that sometimes you read somebody's background or story and you're just automatically compelled to learn more. And so she is one of these people. So I am, I'm really excited. I hope you guys enjoy this conversation and enjoy her. Please, everybody help me in welcoming Amina Altai. Mm, thank you, Rosie, so much for having me. I'm truly honored to be here. Thank you so much. And, you know, this is actually a conversation. The, the name thing is a conversation that I've had on the show before. Because when I was little, I just told you that we had this conversation before we started recording. But when I was little, I always got nervous because my last name's Acosta, AC. So it was always the first, I was always the first person to get called. And I would always get this anxiety because I knew that the teachers would always mispronounce my first name. And I just remember, you know, kids making fun and just like saying, you know, whatever kids are just. God, kids are such shitheads sometimes, Girl, right? Sometimes. Like, <laughs> I just can't even deal. But I remember there was a point in elementary school where I think it was like my third grade teacher asked if she could just change my name. And she said, can I just change your name to Rosie? Because that's what everybody called me at that point. You know, everybody always called me Rosie. My parents called me Rosie. It it was just, that was always what people called me when I was forever since I could remember. But for some reason, my third grade teacher say that to me really hurt my feelings. I just remember having that, oh, like it's something wrong with my name. Right. And when you're a child, you don't really, it causes something, it does something. And it's actually something that I've not thought about in many years until obviously like the last year and a half where we're starting to have more of this conversation about honoring people's pronouns and the way that people want to be addressed and the importance of people's names, especially names from people that come from different places in the world. And so, I don't know, I just thought it was worth the mention. It's so powerful hearing you say that. And there's a lot of whitewashing that happens around our names. And I remember not so much someone wanting to change my name, but changing the pronunciation of my name. And 
in the last year, I've actually started to host a group specifically for Arab women and women from the Swana region. And so much of the conversation has been about us taking back our identity via our names. So really reclaiming the pronunciation and the, the true lineage of the pronunciation. And it's so powerful because even in a mispronunciation, right, we lose some of our identity. There's some whitewashing that happens. And so that story that you shared is so powerful. And like, I felt that in my body as you shared that really powerful. Well, okay. I'm like, now let's kind of shift gears. This is an important, it's an important topic. One of the reasons why I wanted to have this conversation with you today was because I feel that we are in a place in the world right now where women specifically are being threatened in a very energetic way and not even energetic, like physical as well, with all the things that are happening in the world, you know, what's happening in Afghanistan, like just all of the things that are happening right now. I feel that women and female empowerment is a topic that I feel, even though people might think it's being talked about a lot, I still don't think we're talking about it enough, in my opinion. I feel like the idea of empowerment is so much more important in when it comes to female or women or the divine feminine or being able to embody our bodies and take up the space as women in this world so saying that you know as an empowerment coach first of all I'm totally just wanting to dig into the conversation. Tell us a little bit about your background. Like what led you to becoming a coach and what do you think are the biggest topics that are important right now? And what are you doing to create that change? Yeah. Beautiful question. So I came to coaching kind of through a circuitous path. I think part of what I'm here to teach is that careers and expressions aren't linear and we get to, you know, follow the footprint of our soul and, and come home to ourselves and doesn't have to look one way. But I started my career in marketing and brand management and I worked in corporate America for a bit. And then I had my own agency for a bit. And it was in my late twenties around the time of my Saturn return. And I you know, was deeply codependent, hadn't healed my childhood trauma and didn't have boundaries, all the things. And I was leading big teams and I had a bunch of clients and I was taking care of everybody but myself. And I eventually had a bit of a crash and burn and I developed two autoimmune diseases. And it was really challenging at the time. But as I look back and as I share the story, I'm like, this was such a blessing and a gift because it was a stop moment. And it invited me to really get conscious about the choices that I was making about work, career, success, ambition, how I choose to nourish myself, how I show up for others. And so after that, I went on what I call my eat, pray, love year. I went back to school and I studied nutrition. I studied coaching. I studied movement and meditation, all these tools to heal myself. And what happened was, and I think this happens to a lot of us, is I was just so lit up by what was possible when I actually felt well. I thought, okay, I have to figure out how to teach this. So from there, I went on to create a corporate wellness company. And that was amazing. But I had this moment where it was kind of like another stop moment, another moment of reconciliation, where I realized I was teaching from a part of myself, not the fullness of me. So at that point, this was my early 30s, I sat down and I was like, how do I teach from the fullness of myself? Who am I? What is my true nature? What did I come here to give and to express and for whom? 
And I had like a series of conversations with God over many years about what I wanted to do, what I came here for, what the mission was, who I'm in service to. And that's when I really put together this curriculum, this offering that I teach. And it is for female leaders, for women of color who really want to step into their purpose. And so much of the work that I've been doing has been about inviting them to come home to themselves because like me, they were kind of serving from the place of the cultural, familial, societal programming, not from the truth of who they are. And there's so much disconnection in that. So this work really is about reconnection and it's, it's the honor of a lifetime to be able to do this work. And yeah, I love that you use this as a catalyst, your feeling of, I wasn't coming from my whole self. It wasn't coming from that place. Can you tell us a little bit more about how you were able to discern that? Like, what is the difference? How were you able to spot the difference, especially because so many women I know are so wrapped up in life and, or they're just too busy doing. I have a lot of friends that are business people that are entrepreneurs that just get so wrapped up and I'm learning this. Now I'm going to go teach it. I'm learning this. Now I'm going to go teach it and aren't fully integrating what is happening. So yeah, it's a powerful question. So for me, I always get invited in different ways (laughs) to look at my life. And so in my late twenties, I was invited through autoimmune disease. And I think that was like an expression of disconnection. And then when I was in my early thirties and I had that other pivot, I was feeling so depressed and I wasn't understanding why I was like, this is the career that was on my vision board. This is the thing that I wanted. And I'm getting to speak in these rooms that I want to, but something inside of me felt unexpressed and I felt resistance. And I was like, what is this resistance about? And that resistance and that depression felt like an invitation to go deeper. And so I feel like we're always getting these invitations in different ways. We're getting called to this new precipice, but we take it to mean something else. And we don't use it as the opportunity to go deeper for whatever reason, maybe we're not ready. Maybe the timing's not right. Um, But I think that they're invitations. Yeah. What do you think the biggest issue is right now with our ability to connect with our own sense of empowerment? Such a beautiful question. The first thing that came through was permission. And I think that has felt so true for me and a lot of the women that I've worked with of feeling like we have full permission to show up in the fullness of our being in whatever room we walk into and that it'll be received and that it is safe and we can live into that and play all out for that. Like, I think that's a new concept for me that I have, you know, as as old as I'm getting in human years, it's a new concept for me that I have full permission to play all out for the dream and, and express myself. But I'd love to hear what you think too. Yeah, no, I, God, I mean, you said that and I, I felt, I definitely felt that that is, I 100% agree giving ourselves permission to feel our own greatness or our own power. I feel like has always been a big obstacle for a lot of women specifically because of the way that we've been treated historically. So it's not like, it's not coming from somewhere substantial. It's coming from evidence that we've seen. So I think the more we have these conversations and are able to actually do what we need to do in order to feel that sense of empowerment, to know how much power we actually have in the world, unless we get to that place, we're not going to be able to feel happy. We're not going to be able to feel the fulfillment of life unless we're actively pursuing 
that which we want, right? Yeah. As you were speaking, one of the things that I was reminded of is, did you hear Brittany Packnett Cunningham's talk, her TED Talk on confidence? So Brittany Packnett Cunningham is an amazing activist and author, and she has this beautiful TED Talk on confidence. And she talks about how to build confidence specifically for women, women of color, marginalized communities. We need community, curiosity, and permission. And she basically says that permission, and we get to practice it in community through the lens of curiosity, because in community, it feels safe to be birthed. And then we can kind of take it to bigger places and stages and expressions. And that just felt in what you were saying, I heard those, those words too. Yeah. Oh, I love that. No, that's great. I'm going to have to watch that. Talking about community, let's talk about the importance of building that, uh, especially when we're like going through a pandemic and we are pivoting and learning new ways (laughs) to connect with our communities, albeit online, social media, et cetera. What has been your experience with building a community and what do you see happening now? I mean, do you think that we're all just going to Zoom meet forever or do you think we'll ever be able to be together again? I'm an eternal optimist. And so I'm going to go with a a hell yeah. I know we'll be able to be together again. I hope so for all of our sakes. And I'm living in a hybrid world right now where I'm mostly doing things through Zoom, but you know, I'll meet some clients in person. And I have a friend that lives down the street, and that's so amazing to have somebody so close. I'm also somebody that's just like very self-stimulating. And so I'm okay with a lot of alone time, but I do really love what can happen in community and how we can support people in community. And so I am feeling ready for more of that. And I'm hoping that, you know, the world is supportive of that soon too. Yeah, same. Oh, same. Yeah, I'm I'm an optimist too. Even though sometimes I feel like this is never going to end. I definitely like to live in the world of this is going to be better and things are going to get better. My other question for you is with regard to wisdom, you know, when I think about wisdom, I think about women, I think about empowerment, I think about wisdom and how knowledge is not wisdom and it takes experience to be able to integrate the lessons that we learn in order for it to ultimately serve us. Do you like free stuff? Well, you're in luck because Buy Optimizer's Black Friday deal starts now. And not only are they giving you a huge discount all month long, they're also giving away $200 worth of free gifts. That's right, friends. I have an exclusive advance invite from Buy Optimizers for their Black Friday and Cyber Monday deals for the entire month of November. If you're feeling stressed out or haven't been sleeping well lately, you're not alone. You might not be able to change all the chaos out there, but you can start supplementing with one key nutrient to help improve your sleep quality, as well as over 600 other biochemical reactions in your body. Magnesium Breakthrough is one of the only products I've found that has all the magnesiums that I'd want in one convenient bottle. You'll open less bottles, spend less money, and still get the top seven forms of magnesium for stress and better sleep all in one bottle. Most magnesium supplements fail because they are synthetic and not full spectrum. When you get all seven critical forms of magnesium, pretty much every function in your body gets upgraded. Your brain, your sleep, pain, inflammation, and you get way less stress. And right now, for the entire month of November, the makers of Magnesium Breakthrough Pie Optimizers are having a Black Friday Cyber Monday blowout sale on their best-selling magnesium. 
you'll get up to 25% off every order and access to over $200 in free gifts, including books and more of their best in class products to sample. This is the best time to stock up and take advantage of all the free extras you're going to get. Seriously, I've been recommending this product quite often, but this year I've never seen the discounts they have this month, not to mention the amazing bonus gifts they're giving away for extra products, books, and other amazing limited time specials. You can only get this exclusive deal through my own personal link, and this is for all the Radically Loved listeners. You won't find this on Amazon or even Buy Optimizer's site. Go to www.magnesiumbreakthrough.com forward slash loved and use the code LOVED to get your discount and your free gifts today. And one last thing, you should know all Bioptimizer supplements are best in class. If for some reason you feel differently, you can get a full refund up to a year after your purchase, no questions asked. So head over to my link for this exclusive deal. It's www.magnesiumbreakthrough.com forward slash LOVED and use the code LOVED. Do it now while supplies last and don't miss the November 30th deadline. So I guess the question is, what does wisdom mean to you and how have you been able to use wisdom in your life? What a question. Wow. I love that. I love it. Wisdom to me is connection with our God selves and trusting into that God self and collaborating with that all the time. I think when I first started my journey, I was really disconnected from my God self. And I was very in the space of knowledge versus wisdom and like all the tools and everything's empirical and data and information. And that's not wisdom, right? Our soul has so much wisdom, our relationship to spirituality and a higher power. There's so much wisdom in there that we can carry forward. And I think the most transformational experiences I've had over the last decade have been through a relationship to God, God self and wisdom versus knowledge. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I think that that's really the the best way to connect the whole idea of, of radically loved is that we are radically supported, right? That we are in this place to be able to achieve the fulfillment of our lives and be able to be in harmony with everything and everyone around us that we are radically loved and supported by God, universe, source, higher power. And I say that and I'm like, I know I sound so pessimistic about it. Like for some reason, I think it really just depends on the day, right? It really, and I feel like that is the truth just to be, call myself out, to be honest, like it's not always that easy. And I've, I've been very, open about this in the past. I mean, you teach what you need to learn. 100%. So what lesson has that been for you? What lesson have you taught consistently that you feel is still part of your growing or evolving or transformative process? Yeah. I laugh about this all the time because I think you're absolutely right of like, we teach the medicine that we need most. And that feels so true for me. I think if I were to synthesize my work into sound bites, it would be perpetually teaching to choose faith over fear 
and how all of this work really is a conduit to freedom. I feel like my work is about like getting free, choosing faith over fear, getting free, choosing faith over fear over and over and over again and teaching others to do the same because I think so many of us, particularly women, female identifying folks, we don't feel free. We're carrying heavy burdens, whether it's of the lineage or what's happened in happening in society and is projected onto us. I think a lot of us don't feel free. And I notice even small ways and that sort of interrupts my expression or my success because I'm like, oh, I'm not feeling free, free to express, free to play, free to experience joy. Yeah, what do you do when you feel that stifling? Well, that's when I know it's time to sit down and like kind of do quote unquote the work all over again. It's like, well, how did I get here? First of all, <laughs> so I can figure out how to unget here. Like, where am I still needing some work around my codependency and my boundaries? Or, you know, where am I not honoring myself? It's when I go into the cave of deep discovery. <laughs> ah, I love that thing. That is sometimes I do. Sometimes it's like I don't want to go in there right now. I just want to continue to live in in ignorance. Because I feel like sometimes those lessons require a certain level of energetic capacity and you really have to go in when you're ready to go in there. But I guess really, no, sometimes we are not ready and we have to go in there because we have to. So, you know, I I love what you're saying. As you were talking, I was thinking about a time when I was working a lot and I was I was traveling. I did this tour with Yoga Journal in 2017, where I went from New York. We went from the East Coast down up and then down South through the bottom of the States all the way to the West and up the coast, the West Coast, and then back around. And we ended our tour in Colorado. I think we did like 38 cities in 38 weeks or or something like that. Yes. And I just remember pushing my body and just, you know, we're taking classes every week. I'm, you know, we're, I'm working, I'm doing the podcast. Like it was just the most, my body was just not happy with me. And I kept pushing it. I kept just pushing, pushing, pushing until finally at the end of the tour, I ended the tour leading a two-week retreat in Italy. Terrible mistake. I mean, it was amazing. Great, Mm -hmm. great experience. But by the time I came back, I was so sick and I was off for like two months and I had a full-on existential crisis. And I think that that's really the benchmark that we all hit as women. We have to really get to this point where you're so completely chronically depleted and energetic, you know, whatever. So, so prana being in yoga, it's like the, our vitality, our source of energy in, in, in life, just so completely depleted that you don't have any other choice than to get back into your body and, and come back to nourish yourself. So my question to you is how do you nourish you and how do you take care of yourself now? Yeah, such a beautiful question. And I really identify with your story of just giving. And I think a lot of us do that, right? We feel like whatever we have, we have to give it all away. Like if I have energy, vitality, resources to share, I need to give it all away. And then we find ourselves in a deficit. I notice that a lot with not just energy with women, but money with women as well. And that's something that I work on with them too. Like feeling like you just have to perpetually give it all away. 
So for me, in terms of nourishment, I think of it really holistically, like how am I nourishing myself? Yes, with spirituality, with food, with movement, but also boundaries, finances, community, all of it. But I have a very structured schedule or practice. So basically I work every day between 11 and six. So in the morning before 11, that is me time. Like I am unreachable. I am with God. I am moving my body. I am meditating all the things, all the stuff. And I feel like unabashed about those hours. Like that is the time where I really need to nurture myself so that I can show up fully for the work that I'm called to do. And if I don't have those hours, I'm doing a disservice to everybody I touch that day. So like for me, the hours in the morning, that feels like part of my spiritual practice, part of my like cultivating the godliness and allowing God to come through. And if I give it away, I'm not doing the work I came here to do. And so, yeah, I feel, I feel very sacred about my nourishment practices. Yeah. I love that. I have a very, very similar schedule and I love that you call it your God time. I'm going to take that. Can I borrow that? That's so beautiful. That is my God time. Oh, that feels a lot better than I've got a morning ritual or a morning routine. The ritual is great, but it's like, I have my morning things I need to do is, is so much nicer to say it's my God time. It's my right. Or like versus boundaries, which sometimes I know feel like people are keeping people out. Whereas like the godly time feels like it's coming from a space of love. Yeah, no, I, and I'm like a boundary. I love boundaries. Oh, so much. I've been in therapy basically my entire life. So I'm all about, (laughs) I love boundary. I don't, I don't look at the word boundaries as a derogatory. I love, I love when people have boundaries. I love when people are able to speak up for themselves and to say what they need. I think it's definitely one of those topics that we'll continue to have conversations around, especially, yeah, as women. I wanted to just go back to something that you said about money and, you know, we sometimes feel like energetically giving away. We're just constantly giving away. What are your beliefs or practices around money, especially as an entrepreneur, especially as a coach? Because I do feel this is a topic that's come up, even with people that I work with sometimes, this whole idea of feeling guilty about having money or trying to just give it away as quickly as possible or feeling guilty of being successfully financially. So what are your thoughts on that? I love talking about money because I think money is deeply spiritual and it's so important that we have an integrous relationship with it because I also think it's related to our relationship to energy and food and it's connected everywhere. And a lot of the times we're not conscious about the behaviors or the lineage. So when I work with people around money, one, it's understanding what is the lineage of belief around money in the family system or your your spaces of origin. So we can see how you've been imprinted around that. And then it's about identifying what's the relationship you want to create with money moving forward and, and what does integrity with money mean for you? Because it's different for all of us, right? Some of us want to spend in alignment with our highest values. Some of us want to give it you know, give a sizable amount away every year. It's different for everybody, but really what I'm inviting people to do around money is get conscious. And it's so important for women and money too, because when women have money, I believe the statistic is we reinvest up to 80% of it into communities and family, whereas men reinvest around 30%. So when women have more money, they do more good with it. We contribute more to charity, to community, to causes that we deeply believe in. And the money isn't just about the money, right? It's what we can do with the money. It's who we can help get free with the money. It's the causes we can lift up with the money. And so those pieces are so, so important. 
But in terms of my own money practice, it's a very spiritual one. And it took a lot of work on my mom's side of the family. They were coal miners and there was this lineage of, or this idea of like, we kill ourselves for the work, right? So you can have money, but you take yourself out physically in the process. And so that was something I really had to get in right relationship around, but I actually love the jars method for entrepreneurs. So the jars method, and I can send you more info if you want to link to this in the show notes, but it's basically creating different jars for different areas of your life. So basically like 55% of your necessities should be one jar. Then it should be like a jar for fun, a jar for giving away, a jar for travel, jars for things that you value and care about in your life. And every amount of money that touches your account, you we're redirecting those percentages into those jars immediately. And you can even start with something really small, like a dollar in each jar. But by virtue of separating it out, you're starting to see those, those values grow. And even if it grows a dollar a month, it's still growing. It's that energy of growth and momentum. Yeah. Why do you think there's, for women specifically, there's guilt around being financially successful? And I only say that because of personal experiences I've had with women, successful women that I've talked to, that this is actually something that they feel. Yeah. Well, it's actually very new for women to have money of our own, right? 250 years ago, when a woman got married, she was somebody else's property and everything that she owned became the property of the person that she married. Up until 1974, we couldn't have credit cards or mortgages in our own names. It was in our male partner's name. And this is all in a heteronormative context. I want to name that. So it's very new for us. It's kind of our generation where we actually have autonomy around money. So we're basically healing decades and decades of trauma around money. This is a new concept for women and marginalized folks. Like we haven't had money before. So like, of course, we're trying to figure it out and figure out the energy of it and what it looks like for us. Yeah. I love that you said that. I love that you're giving us a history lesson because I think that we forget and I think it's important to know what is it that you're looking forward to the most right now in your business and in your personal life? So in my business, it's always such a joy and honor to meet the woman that I meant to work with. It's like when they come on to a call, it's like within five minutes, I know if somebody's my person and it's like, it's the most beautiful to get to do that work. I love these women, these humans so much. But also I'm about to launch a corporate offering. So for the first time in my life, I'm going to work with men. And it's basically to teach them how to support women in leadership. Because what I've noticed is that I'm spending so much time investing in these women, but we need to educate the people around them so they can also invest in these women. So we're not we're not putting the onus only on the woman to do the work herself. So I'm excited about that. And I'm in the process of designing it and hopefully going to launch it later this fall. That's very exciting. That's so much fun. I'm so excited that you came on, that you basically gave us a lesson with regard to empowerment and and female-specific issues that I think are really important for us to talk about. When it comes to building a community, if you had to give some a woman out there some advice. Maybe they're newly unemployed. Maybe they're thinking about becoming a coach themselves. Maybe they are just trying to figure it out. Maybe they feel like they don't have anybody they can talk to or lean on. What kind of advice would you give that person? They don't feel like they have anybody they can lean on just yet. And they're figuring their next steps out. I think that we can start with self. 
of like, how can I support myself? How can I answer some of these questions for myself? Like, especially if people are starting out and they're starting to reimagine what the next phase of their life looks like. I actually have a resource that I will give to you. It's um, a passion and purpose worksheet that's helping you figure out your gifts and your values and what you're here to give. But that, that relationship with self, even that you can establish daily through a journaling practice can be one of the strongest, most powerful relationships of like, I am always on my team. And I love how Beyonce says, like, if I'm betting on anybody, I'm betting on myself. It's like, first and foremost, we need to be on our own team. And then we can, you know, come out to community and look for ways to support each other and be invested in and pour into as well. But I think just establishing a connection with yourself, first and foremost, is one of the most powerful, loving, generous things that we can do. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for this conversation and for just being who you are and doing what you're doing in the world. It is I can imagine the gratification that you have in your life and in your heart when you're helping all of these people just achieve their dreams. It must just feel so good. And we want to support you in any way that we can. So before I ask you the final question, where can people go for more information? Thank you so much. And I want to honor you too and the amazing work that you're doing in the world and how that must fill your heart and soul because you're an incredible human and your offerings are next level. I'm just so grateful that I got to be here with you today. You're so sweet. It's my joy to be here with you, truly. So where can people go for more information? You can find me on Instagram at Amina Altai. The spelling will be in the show notes and on my website, AminaAltai.com. Spelling will also be there for you too. Perfect. Yes. And she said it, it's going to be in the show notes. So you guys can just click the info button of this podcast and that information will be there just a click away. So the final question is with regard to this podcast and why we started this podcast, the whole idea is that we are radically loved by universe, God, source, whatever higher power of your understanding that the universe works for us and not against us. So the final question to you is how do you feel radically loved? I feel radically loved every single day, knowing that God has invited me every single step of the way and that everything has been for me in service to me, my growth here on earth school and in service to all the people that I get to teach. I feel radically loved every single day. I always love these answers. Amina, thank you so much for being here. We look so forward to having you on again, if you'll join us. And we just, we can't wait to see you grow. And we can't wait to just hear from the people that listen to this podcast that have been inspired or that have reached out to you. Maybe they want some coaching. They want to join a program. We are so grateful for you and we're grateful for you, the listener. Thank you so much for being here. If you found this episode valuable, please share it with a friend. And as always, we look forward to hearing feedback from you. So thank you all so much. Thanks, Amina. Thank you. Hey, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I am so excited to continue to do this. Please share this with your friends. Email us. Message us on Instagram at Rosie Acosta or on Twitter at Rosie Acosta. Subscribe on iTunes. Write a review. We love doing this. So please help us continue to keep this podcast going. Thanks for listening.